I was really overweight. I did not like myself. I had some really fucking dark suicidal ideation. Throwing yourself out of the burning building is less painful than being in the burning building. Pretty much everyone was saying it can't be done. I knew inside it had to be done. I got on a plane, I sold my car, sold my house. I slept on the couch for three months, got the business up and running. It took me 63 days to go from zero to a million dollar run rate. And I was able to do it with no offers, no ads, no website. If people are saying you can't do it, build the identity, build the skill set to then be able to achieve what you want. How many people are just trying to look busy? Are you actually moving the needle? Are you actually getting in the fight? It sounds like you have everything that anyone could ever want. No one has all this shit together. What's the best advice you've ever received? I don't think there is best advice. So people should stop looking for it. If I don't give it my all, what's the story that I'm telling myself? Because yes. if I don't give it my all now, in what other areas of my life I'm not giving it my all? Brother, I'm pumped that we managed to find the time to do this because when I met you a couple weeks ago, I was like, fuck, this guy's a legend. And not only that, it, like, he's a role model for the people that I, I'm trying to work with and also the kind of person that I'm aiming to become. So I really appreciate that you made the time to come here on the podcast. I'm telling you right now, you're going to get a shit ton of value you know how we do it. It's, it's the best of the best in the game. We're all about helping you become the best possible version of yourself. If you're new here, my name is Nelson and I'm the host of the Creative Greed podcast. This is a space committed to helping creative entrepreneurs reach success in all areas of life. We normally have extraordinary individuals as guests. Today is not an exception. Today's guest is an entrepreneur, he's a coach, a business mentor, YouTuber, podcaster. He's tall, handsome, strong, he's sharp, he's a family man, he's a father, he's the full package. <laughs> and he has something that we all want. He has financial freedom. Please welcome the legend, the one and only Chris Dufay. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I am here to serve. I think serving is a privilege, and so I'm really looking forward to sharing everything I can today. Yeah, awesome, brother. For people that have never heard of you, give us the backstory, everything they need to know about you before Ooh. we get into the juicy stuff. Okay, so all in all, I think to start this story, I became a personal trainer when I was 18. I was really overweight as a kid, and that really held me back. I had eating disorder. I just felt really bad about myself. I did not like myself. I did not love myself. And so when I left school and then I was able to go through and really learn to lose the weight because I was trying absolutely everything, I went through this physical transformation, but then there was this deeper personal transformation that was happening inside of me. And so I wanted to help other people go through that. So I became a personal trainer. And then after doing that and running an agency throughout Sydney, I then had the opportunity and moved to Dubai and had to go through probably one of the toughest times of my life and really being able to make that happen because I found out that my wife was pregnant with our first child. I was 25 at the time. And then three days after I get this email from a colleague really presenting me with an opportunity to move to Dubai to start a fitness business. And at the time, business was good, but I felt this white picket fence life. 
unfolding in front of me that I didn't choose. And I was doing what everyone was telling me I was supposed to do to be a success, but it didn't feel like a success on the inside. I was running a good business. I was earning like good money, but I felt very much trapped by it. What I call the time for money trap when anyone's in the kind of like, especially a service or an expert or consultant type of position. And so this opportunity when it arose to move to Dubai and I only knew one person on the other side, which is the guy that I was going to be partnering with. Uh, I took that opportunity. So I got on a plane, I sold my car, sold my house, gave all my clients away. At the time, my wife was six months pregnant and I got on the plane. I had three months to get there and get the business up and running. So I slept on the couch for three months. I just did everything I possibly could, got the business up and running, flew back in time for my wife to give birth to our first daughter in Sydney. And then we all moved there and lived in Dubai for about two years, which was amazing. But then I fell back into the trap of doing exactly the wrong model, the wrong thing that is why I burnt out again in Dubai. And then I really discovered and found this online business world. And I was like, hang on, I I think this is the route that I want to be able to go because freedom for me is the value that I really cherish. It's the thing that I really want to be able to lead my life by. And then I could see that there was a business model that could give me freedom because I wanted to be able to earn more money. I wanted to be able to help more people. I wanted to be able to live around the world. I wanted to be able to give my family as well, like just a different experience, not kind of just like this, do you know what I mean? Live in one place and just the what I think culture has fallen into and they're not questioning and there's too many compromises falling around that as well. So I went through another life cycle and we sold everything, gave everything away in Dubai and moved to Bali. And that was a bit over 10 years ago now. And that's when I started my first online fitness business. And from then I was able to then successfully grow a online business coaching company. I sold that at the end of last year. And then I've gone through another transformation again, which brings me to today. Amazing. Some will say that selling that business that you sold last year would have been close to impossible because from my understanding, it was like a personal brand. It was attached to you, to your name. Yeah, very much. So I think there was two concepts with it because when I first started to say to colleagues and friends that I wanted to sell my company, it was like, you can't do that. You can't, you can't sell a coaching company is what they would say. And especially because at the time it was me as the face. Like I was the dancing bear is what I call Mm. it today. And I knew I had to go through a transition. I had to grow and evolve Mm. it to be a true company that did not work Mm. and operate without me having to be there. Mm -hmm. And I went through that process, even though pretty much everyone was saying it can't be done. Mm -hmm. I knew inside it had to be done. And so I just learned my way through and I did the things that I believed that I needed to be able to do. And it came to fruition. It, it, it was able to work. And it was very interesting. There was actually this one day where there was my head coach and I were going to shoot some content videos. We we're going to actually shoot some ads. And I was, this was in Bali and I was on the bike riding to the cafe where we were going to shoot the content. And I was just like, no, I'm, I'm not going to be in the face of it anymore. I'm going to have my team member do this. And then I was able to actually sit back and it was the first time because effectively I kind of like 
I said there was kind of like the director, mm-hmm. and but I was not the face of mm-hmm. that content. Then from there, what led was the YouTube content wasn't me anymore. The podcast content wasn't me mm-hmm. anymore. All of the ad content was not there. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to, so getting out of the content side of things, I then I uh, got out of the delivery side of the business, got out of the sales side of the business. And then one day I found myself that there were, there were leads getting sold into the coaching program mm-hmm. that were getting delivered great results, going through the entire process, and they didn't know who I was. And I was like, okay, I, I, I think I'm getting there. It. I think I'm nearly like, it's so close. I could smell it. And that was the process. So I think the, the message I would love to give to others and to be able to really transmute across is don't listen to the naysayers. If people are saying you can't do it, listen to yourself. And then if you really want to be able to do it, learn and see if other people have walked that path, but really go through the work that you have to get through. Build the, build the identity, build the character traits, build the skill set, build the behaviors and the habits that you have to be able to go through to then be able to achieve what you want. In your experience, if someone had a personal brand, how long can it take for them if, if they you know, mm. know what they're doing and they maybe have a coaching or something, but realistically, how long can it take for someone to fully be able to detach and sell that as an asset? That's a really broad question. I have gotten asked that mm. a lot and it's kind of like, how long's a piece of string? So the first question I would ask if someone said that is like, do you actually want to sell your business? Mm-hmm. Because there are different paths to be able to go. You could turn your business. Let's just say if we use the coaching world as an example, you could use your business as more of a ATM, right? You just want your business to be able to churn out cash. So then you can put your time, attention, energy, resources, capital mm-hmm. into something else to be able to start to grow. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what is it that you actually want to be able to do with your current business right now? And if it is the case, they go, hey, Chris, no, I want to be able to exit this business mm-hmm. and for whatever reason it is that you want to be able to exit for. I would say 12 to 18 months should be a really good runway mm-hmm. if and if you're able to actually recruit and manage and lead the right team members. That's the crux of it. You need to be able to have the right team members to be able to come in and you need to be able to have that culture so that it's able to shift through. Because I I found through it as well, there was like a little bit of a toggling period where I was like, I'd try and step out of the business and shit would break or things would go wrong or clients would be like, hang on, where's Chris? And I'd kind of have to like bring myself in, be able to fix the process and go. So there's very much kind of like this in and out process that's needed to go through. But 12 to 18 months would be a good runway to start with. Would you say that the key to do it is having A, players and systems and processes? 100% it is. It starts with myself, the leader, the founder of the business mm-hmm. first. You've got to be the A player, but very much it's the case of being able to understand the systems and processes and how to lead and build mm-hmm. a team and have a culture. Mm-hmm. Like I remember at one point, like SOPs, standard operation procedures, like really truly learning how a business operates and functions. I went really deep into it and it was a huge thanks to a great friend and mentor of mine, Alex Shafran. I think he's literally one of the world's best Mm -hmm. when it comes to actually helping people go through this process. Mm -hmm. And I say, 
so much thanks to Alex because if I did not go through, if I did not learn what he was able to teach me, I wouldn't have been able to sell the business because mm. it would not have been a sellable asset. Mm. So it's very much the case of one, I have to be, or the person running the business has to be that person mm. that has all of those skills and traits, but then very much being able to have those team members in place. So I think about it like a bus, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to get all the right people on the bus mm -hmm. and you want to have them sitting in the right seats and then you want them to be able to do what it is they need to be able to do so the bus can go in the right direction. Mm, okay, I see. Entrepreneurship. <laughs> it's fucking hard. It's very difficult. What makes, from your experience, because you work with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of coaches, a lot of business owners, what makes a great entrepreneur? Why do a selective group make it to the highest level in your experience? What are the traits of those individuals compared to the rest that never make it? They have the vision. They have the drive. They have the ability to get punched in the face and continue to move forward. They have an ability to have an adequate amount of self-belief and also self-deception. You want to be able to self-deceive yourself enough so that you can get through the things that you need to, but you also need to be able to have enough contact with reality to see when you need to change directions or essentially pivot on the dime to be able to then move forward in a different direction that you thought you needed to go to as well. Because it's never been the case. From my experience, it's never been the case in any of the business, from my own businesses to the other businesses that I partner with, that it's like, oh, this is the direction that we're going to go with. This is the thing that we're going to sell. This is the way that we're going to be able to build this business. And it's a straight line. It's just never happened. There's always a learning and iteration process involved. So it, in, it has this element of being able to say, okay, do I believe in myself? Because there's always this element of faith. Like I, I use that word faith, not in a religious context, but there's this faith in knowing what it is that you need to be able to do and that you can get through it at the end of the day. And I'll admit, like I've, I've gone through depression. I've had anxiety attacks. I've had severe suicidal ideation throughout this entire process. It's not been sunshines and rainbows at all. I've been able to believe in myself but also like be delusional enough to think that I could actually do it as well to get through those yes. parts of it. So I think there's this, uh, do you mean there's these ingredients that we need to put in the recipe? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I can really answer that, but I, I see these common threads through the successful entrepreneurs that I get to hang around and be with and work with. And there are those elements that sit there. The, there's a saying that, goes i can't remember exactly how it goes but it says something along the lines that from a hundred um soldiers you know 90 don't want to be there mm. 10 are savages one is a leader how often do you spot that one within the people that you work with it's oh, really interesting that's a great question the first thing i think of when you just said what you said was I remember reading this book a little while ago and they were talking about, I don't remember exactly which war they were referring back to, but it was old enough where they actually, you actually had to kind of like reload your rifle 
by actually like putting it back in, uh, putting the bullet in, being able to put the gunpowder in. Like, so it's kind of like more of a musket before it turned into a rifle. Mm-hmm. And they would find soldiers with multiple, multiple, multiple rounds inside of their rifle because they wouldn't actually shoot. They were too scared to actually do anything. So they would look busy and they would continue just to reload their rifle, right? And then something happened and they would die. And there was just all of these men that were dead, but they were found with multiple rounds inside of their musket. That's Because they weren't there to fight. They were scared. They were were holding back. I found that really interesting because... If we try and translate that analogy to business, how many people are just trying to look busy? Yes. Yeah? Yes. How many people are just like, oh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm doing stuff. I'm being busy. But are you actually moving the needle? Are you actually getting in the fight? Are you actually doing what's needed to move forward and to be able to get to success? I think there's a lot of people. Because I've seen this in myself. Mm-hmm. And I only say this because I, I see this in myself very much so. Yeah, guilty. Where I was like, oh, my God, okay. I haven't actually been doing yeah. the things that truly, really drive the business mm-hmm. forward where now I can be very clear and go, oh, I know really easily how to, like, what are the elements right now? Find the actual constraint of a business, solve the constraint of the business and move it forward. It's literally what I do every day now with the partners. But what is the case of what's needed to move forward and can I spot it? Um, I love believing in people. I, I, I love believing in people. I like, when I saw you and we discussed, I was like, Nelson, cool dude, switched on, doing the right things. And then as we started to peel the layer back, doing layer by layer to do with business, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, like there's legs here, this is good. And I can start to spot things. So I was like, maybe you're not seeing something or maybe you're not doing something that you need to, do you know what I mean? And being able to like fix that stuff, that's just where my brain goes because I like solving those problems. So... I think. By I'm, the way, any anything you can give me, I'll gladly take. <laughs> I'll trust your judgment hundred and ten percent. But I think it's a case of there's been many cases where I can, I see people and I believe in them and I see this potential and I love it. Uh, it's also bit me in the ass as well because I might mm. I might believe too much in someone where they don't believe enough in themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to be perfectly honest, I think that's something that I re- I do now today with my partners. I got an actually a, a WhatsApp audio message off one of my partners yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I've never felt so supported in my entire career. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being here and being a part of this business. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, that was, re- like, that was really cool. Yeah. Like someone that's paying a retainer of a quarter of a million a year, not including profit share, is being able to like exploit their business. But at the end of the day, it, that, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. It really comes down to him feeling great and like re-enthused and mm-hmm. supported for him on his mission. Mm-hmm. And I love being able to have that support for someone to be able to do that. Dude, that's awesome. I've seen that you fight. I've seen that you do some martial arts. Um, it seems like you do either Muay Thai or boxing. Is that correct? Yeah, Muay Thai. I've done it. How long have you been doing it? Uh, 15 years. Amazing. 15. I started with jiu-jitsu and then I just kept getting injured. And mm. then I just really enjoyed the stand-up game. And yeah. then really early on, I did a couple of uh, kickboxing camps in Thailand mm-hmm. and just like really fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just something I've continued on doing sporadically, not 
mm. consistently to my best liking. It's mm. probably one of the first things I'll kind of like drop off, especially when I'm traveling so much. But yeah, I really enjoy it. The reason I'm asking is because I love martial arts. I've been doing jiu-jitsu for a couple of years now and then as well MMA, Muay Thai. And it completely changed my life. It changed a lot of the energy that I carry with myself, the confidence, the way you show up to the world, the way you perceive the world and other people as well. It taught me a lot of valuable lessons. Um, I'm curious to hear what has taught you martial arts because I believe now that every, especially men, everyone should do some martial arts and, and learn at least the basics of it and you're gonna approach life, business, relationships very differently? So, I've got a really great friend, Tony Blower, mm. amazing, amazing human being, great man, and one of the world's best when it comes to teaching self-defense and like actual real violent situations, mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you really do? And there's a very big difference, and I, I think for Tony really like getting this message across to me, there's a very big difference between like, kickboxing or jujitsu or martial arts and actually like real life violence, mm -hmm. very different, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, but I do see there is a difference when you have a certain level of confidence or ability mm -hmm. and a skill set to know that you can handle yourself in an altercation. Like you just, you're a little bit more upright. Mm -hmm. Your chest is a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. And I really believe as well, you get into less altercations in real life because of that as well. 100%. So it's actually being able to avoid it and not being able to get into those situations mm -hmm. where the safety really comes from mm -hmm. as well. And I think as well, there's, there's a primal there's a primal part yeah. of yes. wanting just to be like, you know what? I'm going to fucking grind right now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm going to go absolutely ham at yeah. this. I'm going to give it my absolute all. Mm -hmm. I can get bloody, I can get bruised up, but that's okay. And to be able to move on from that. Like, I don't love, I don't really spar that often mm. anymore because mm. I'm like, I, I want to try and protect this mm. in my head. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, I think You're it's- You're too handsome. You've got, <laughs> this is the money maker. <laughs> don't hear the money maker. Um, yeah, I think it's discipline that you learn, mm -hmm. the ability to push through hard times. Mm -hmm. Do you mean, I, like, I know like I remember back very much in jiu-jitsu like when you're rolling and you're just gassed you you gotta keep going yes you're not just gonna like yeah. like because for me this is the important part it's the story that I tell myself mm -hmm. that's where self-esteem comes from mm -hmm. and if I'm let's say if I'm just like on the pads with Muay Thai mm -hmm. I know if I'm not giving my 100% all. Mm -hmm. And I find it a very slippery slope mm -hmm. where if I don't give it my all, well, what's the story that I'm telling myself? Mm -hmm. That I'm half-assing it? Mm -hmm. That I'm not giving it my all? Because yes. if I don't give it my all now, yes. in what other areas of my life am I, am I not giving it my all? Totally. And is that the person I want to be? Am I going to be happy putting my head on the pillow at the end of the night? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be happy with myself, mm -hmm. with who that turns into, that identity, that personality at the end of the day mm -hmm. when I die? Mm -hmm. For me, I think very often uh, I want to be able to say each and every day, this is a good day to die. And yes. for me, yes. I want to be able to say that because that means I've showed up 
in each interaction, in each mm -hmm. moment, in each day, mm -hmm. giving my all with as much heart, with as much strength as possible. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. Like how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? Like being able to whatever you're doing, just give it your 100%, give your absolute best to not regret. Also, like, you know, looking back and be like, oh, fuck, I didn't give as much as I could to that relationship, to that business, to that yeah. job, to that client, to that workout, having, you know, at, at least knowing. This is what I tell people. I'm, I'm, I'm on the pursuit of financial freedom, right? And to have a massive impact in the world. I want to help all the young versions of myself out there mm. to show them that it is possible. You can come from a country like Venezuela. You can come from a family that had nothing but love, no money, no any of that. You can start again from scratch on the other side of the world, learn a new language, mm. you know, quit your dentistry career and do something else that you love. And you can become great at it and live a fulfilling life that is making the life of others better. Okay. That's what I'm aiming to build in my lifetime. And I tell people as well, like, I'm still so far from where I'm trying to get, very far. But I'm showing every day, doing giving my all to every day so when I go to bed like you were saying mm. I'm at peace because mm. I know I, I I try you know and every day I'm just questioning how could I have done better how could I have done things faster how could I how can I improve how can I make the team better you know how can we get to the next level I fail at this I fail at that like that that wasn't okay that could have at that relationship you know that I mm. didn't give my best in that interaction or everything right I'm always questioning mm. how to improve but yeah I, lo I love everything you're saying in there and it resonates a lot with me you have financial freedom you have a very interesting as well a way of explaining what financial freedom is to you. We'd love to for you to share that with people. And if you can add in there how to get financial freedom. Everyone's wondering. We're all wondering here, Chris, how the fuck do you get that? Okay. Uh, you're opening up Pandora's box. So this is a good thing. Buckle up. Uh, let's maybe look at this from a few different angles. Mm -hmm. Let's cover the first part of the question you asked. So, Let's answer what is financial freedom mm -hmm. first. For me, I got this definition of financial freedom from a mentor, Sharan, of mine. And the way that I define is financial freedom is being able to have 200% of your ideal living expenses from your passive to semi-passive income. So I don't have to work for money anymore and I can live my ideal lifestyle with a family of six because I have a wife and four daughters mm -hmm. to provide and care for as well. Beautiful family, by the way. Shout out to Thank them. Thank you. And that be that gives it a nice, easy uh, number, target, North Star to go for. Because in most cases, like if I sit down with an entrepreneur and in a conversation and it can come along, it's like, how much money do you want to earn? Typically, 98% of the time, someone's going to throw a number back at me that's what I call the rectal, the rectal extraction method, which is they're just pulling a number out of their ass. That's all they're doing, right? They're like, I want a million dollars a year. Why do you want a million dollars a year? So there's just some unpacking. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah, there's yeah. some soul searching that needs yeah, to be yeah. done because there is actually the, the figuring out, well, what does my ideal life actually cost? 
right? What, where do you want to live? Like how much is the home that you want to be able to buy? What about cars? What about food? What about like other expenses? What about your giving and altruism? Like what are all the different things that are actually involved with you living your ideal life? And so once we have a number, now we can actually make it very tangible and we can reverse engineer back mm -hmm. from there. We go, well, great, what do we need to do? Is it just going to be a case you just want a bunch of money sitting in a bank account that earns a certain amount of interest and that's what's paying off it? Do you want to be able to have investments? What are those investments? What's the actual return or yield that you're going to be able to get from those investments? So there's all of that kind of like intricate stuff that's going to match the certain person themselves to be able to make that happen. But essentially, you need to be able to differentiate between what is my money-making machine and what's my wealth-creating machine as well. Because making money or having an income, say from a job or even from a business, is very different from what the mechanism is from like wealth creation as well. Mm -hmm. So there's making money, then there's actually growing money, like growing wealth, mm -hmm. and then there's giving. So there's like these three aspects that I look at it when it comes to uh, finances. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm really good at making money. I, may, I, I know how to grow businesses. I know how to be able to, how to charge stuff and do I mean, make it rain when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to, okay, I need to be able to grow wealth. So I do that mainly through property. So I was like, great, what it is it that we need to be able to do so that we have passive income coming through our property investments? And then the other side is altruism, which is, well, what do I want to do with my money? Because mm. now I want to give it back. Mm -hmm. It's not about keeping it. Mm -hmm. This is one of the secrets that I found out later on. I was like, oh, like it's actually about giving it. And for me, I fall back into the word mudita, which is the poly word for sympathetic joy. So mudita mm -hmm. is the joy I get when I see another person enjoy, mm -hmm. right? So when I see you enjoy, mm -hmm. that lights me up. Mm -hmm. That's called mudita. I want to be able to create more mudita in my life at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it's like, I, there's this circle of like, I make money so I can give money. Yeah. There's flow in it. There's a yeah. beautiful flow with it. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason behind it as well. Because like for me, uh, I really like Ramit Sethi's philosophy around this as well. And he calls it like money buckets. Mm -hmm. So it's getting really clear on what your values and your virtues and what it is that you like to spend money on. Mm -hmm. So for me, I love convenience. I will spend a lot on convenience and for health. For me, like that's where I'll I'll spend an extraordinary amount of money on those areas. They're the money dials I love to crank up. Mm -hmm. Okay. But like clothes, I, I don't wear expensive clothes. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't I, I'm not a, I'm not like a materialistic person mm -hmm. where I want cars and all of that stuff. Like that doesn't float my boat. Mm -hmm. So it's about getting clear on what is it that your rich life is. Mm -hmm. And then it's just about being able to build again what I was saying earlier on. Well, what are the skills and traits and personality and identity and habits and behaviors that you need yes. so that then you are able to do it? Because I always want to come back to, and this made my life so much simpler, mm -hmm. was, well, what are the values that I really want to live on? And for me, when I look at my bank account, when I look at my calendar, when I look at where I put my time, attention, money, resources, it's to do with four main things. It's to do with wisdom. I love learning and I want to be able to share what I learn. It's to do with love. I want meaningful, loving relationships. It's to do with wealth because I love being able to play the game of business and to be able to really master that. And it's health. I want to look, feel and perform at my absolute best 
each and every day. So for me, it's real. I find it really easy to say no to things because something can come to me, a question can come to me, an opportunity can come to me, mm-hmm. and I can very easily put it through the filter. Does this align with my four values? And if it doesn't, it's a no. If it's a yes, then it's a really easy yes, and I move on with it from there. This is transitioning perfectly to a question I have for you. But before we get there, I want to know then for you, what's that number? What's that financial freedom number per month? Well, you know what's really interesting that you ask that right now is yesterday I started a sabbatical. So I'm actually away for a month right now. And this is one of the few things I was actually going to do. Other than this, I'm barely seeing anyone. Um, I've got actually after in a couple of days, I fly to LA to spend a couple of days with a partner mm-hmm. and then I'm go to Bali for a couple of weeks just by myself, full solitude. Then I go to Hawaii to speak at a business event. So I'm away for a month because I'm, I'm re going through this process right now as well. And so there was a number where I was like, if I earn, uh, it was well, the, the starting number I actually had was $160,000 a mm-hmm. month. I was like, if I'm earning $160,000 a month, and that was from the passive and semi-passive mm-hmm. plus the other work that I started to tap on as well. And then I blew past that number as well because I also put constraints on things. I like putting enabling constraints. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I want to earn $160,000 a month, but I'm only going to work four days a week, four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Right, so I know there's there's this constraint, yep. there's this container that I have to get everything done in this time, so I can spend time with the other things that I want to mm-hmm. be able to go to mm-hmm. as well. So for me, the number started at forty five thousand dollars a month. I was like, if we just do forty five thousand dollars a month, we're laughing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then I was like, oh, forty. Let's make it eighty three because that's a million, and like that's super easy. And then it was like, it pushed even further out from there. And it was really interesting, which is why I'm going through this soul searching now. Mm -hmm. I'm actually writing a book called, well, I think it's going to be called The Art of Enough, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is what is enough at the end there. How much money, power, prestige, things, or everything to do with our life. What's enough at the end of the day? Because I found myself going back through that, oh, hang on, why is my number going so much further? Mm-hmm. And there is an element because I've been unpacking this a lot recently. So I'm just ta- I'm thinking out loud as we go through this process yes. was I, I, I hit my target. I was like, amazing. Like, I could have just put my feet up and coasted. Mm-hmm. I don't want to coast. I've, I've, like I, I have more of a drive now than before. Like technically I'm working more now Mm-hmm. than when I was actually running the company mm-hmm. before I sold it. Because now I'm in this new venture. Now I'm doing these other things. I have this like new invigoration and this energy mm-hmm. and this passion and this purpose coming through me now. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's like there is seasons to life. Mm-hmm. And it's this understanding of, well, what's the season mm-hmm. that I'm in right now? Mm-hmm. What are the games that I want to be playing? Mm-hmm. And who do I need to best be mm-hmm. in this season of my life? Mm-hmm. to be able to do, be, and have the things that I want. Are you then going through this process that you're going to Bali and have some time by yourself? Is it to figure out the new number and kind of like the mission? No, it's deeper than that. I think it's really more about who am I going to commit to being? Mm, okay. What's the identity that I'm going to commit to being mm-hmm. in this next chapter of my life? Nice. How, how old are you? 36. No way. Dude, 
That's crazy. You're so young. I'm curious. Someone will look at you and be like, fuck, this dude is jacked. He can fight. He's handsome. He carries himself well. He has the family. He's married to his love of his life. He has, you know, beautiful daughters, financial freedom. It sounds like you have everything that anyone could ever want. First of all, what are you currently dealing with? And also if someone is looking up to you and seeing you as a role model, how can someone have all the areas of his life in order like you have? Because you, you're incredible even like you're very intelligent, you're very articulated, you have life experience. And what I told you when I first met you was like, what stood out to me is that you're one of the few people that in today's day and age, seems like has everything in order or at least is paying attention to every aspect of life and is trying to be the best he can be at every single one so full transparency over the last couple of weeks it probably really i really came out of it only about a week ago but for the few weeks before that i had some really fucking dark suicidal ideation I, I didn't want to live and I was really thinking about leaving this world. So if someone's like, oh shit, Chris has got all of his shit together and this is amazing. No one has all their shit together. Everyone's trying to learn their own way. Everyone's got a rock in their shoe. Um, I want to be able to best provide as a, as a great role model and a great path. I want to be able to put down stuff so people can pick up and be able to best be able to use in their life as well. But I'm not the be all and end all. I don't have all the answers. That's not the case at all. So for me, it was very much a case of figuring out what was going on. Uh, do you know who Alison A. Armstrong is? No. No? Okay. She's an incredible woman. She's got two amazing books, one called Understanding Women and one called The Amazing Development of Men. I recommend anyone, especially in relationships, go through um, my wife and I went through the Understanding Women and I had this just deep reverence and just like, oh my God, like understanding my wife and who she was and what she was going through as well. Uh, in the recording, you can get on Audible, the, under, uh, the Amazing Development of Men. She talks about these different stages that a man is going to go through in life. You go from a page to a knight to a prince and in a prince you have an early prince middle prince late prince and then you have the king i'm going through and what my wife and i really went through is like no i'm firmly in this right now and i've talked to some other really close friends and they're like yeah you're going through this right now i'm going through what she calls the tunnel which is the transition from late prince to king and Every, the way she explains it was just exactly how I felt. Whereas late prince, everything's going great. You're feeling in your power. You're feeling like you're nearly there, that you've nearly made it and everything's coming together. And then suddenly something happens and then you go through what she calls the tunnel and the ability to make decisions and understand and have clarity, everything gets thrown the fuck out the window and you're just suddenly like, what? And so I'm really going through right now, the, well, as I kind of alluded to before, who, 
who am I now, but who do I want to be? And it's, there's very much this like changing of this identity, this growing, this evolution that I feel like I'm going through right now, which is why I was just like, I need some solitude. I need time away. I need just to be by myself. I need to do some soul searching to be able to go through this. And I'm very much grateful, like deeply grateful for everything that I've gone through to get to this point. And I'm really looking forward to emerging through this, but I'm really surrendering and letting go and just being like, okay, let's go through this process right now. Do you know I mean like, and spending the time with myself uh, to be able to journal and reflect and to be able to really like unpack what's going on. Like, like what's in here? What's, what, what does Chris really want? Who do I really want to be? And the question I think I'm really trying to answer right now is who am I going to commit to really for the rest of my life, right? Because I feel like I've, I'm dropping this childish adolescent. I'm really stepping into the man that I really want to be. So that's where I'm at kind of like currently with that. And I think it's cool to probably put this in the recording now to then kind of like come back to it later and be like, yo, you said you were going through this shitty tunnel. Where are you at now? And like what's emerged after this? And when it comes to the point you were saying of ticking the boxes, having it all, because I recently did another interview with uh, Josh Trent and that was the entire concept of the, <laughs> the episode was like having it all. I believe it comes down to me firstly having this insight that I didn't want to make compromises. I saw people that would climb the ladder of success in business or make heaps of money, but they were out of shape or they didn't have great relationships with their family or they were going through divorces or they just didn't like themselves or they were just like cranky, not so fun people to be around. I wanted to very consciously sit down and do the work on myself and really have the awareness. So for me, like when people bring up, oh, like uh, do a mindfulness practice or meditation or something like that, that's, that's to create awareness and you want to be able to very much cultivate great self-awareness. But what I've learned, especially through learning uh, like Buddhist philosophy, is you take that self-awareness and you've got to go one step deeper, which is investigation. You then use the awareness so that you can investigate and have clear comprehension as to how you are in your life. How are you showing up? What is it that you're doing? What is it that you want? How are you getting exposed or how are you getting kind of... Um, changed by your environment and the people that you're around as well. So I wanted to be able to then cultivate that investigation upon myself and be like, well, where am I lacking right now? And really being able to do that on a very pragmatic, practical level. Like I will sit down at the start of every day and a part of my journaling process, I write, today will be a win if, and I write down six areas of my life. And is myself as a father, as a husband, as a friend, as an entrepreneur, and then with my health and with my happiness. Okay. That's where I want to be able to then literally sit down at the start of today and say, what will be a win for me to be able to be? I've ticked these six areas of my life off. And then at the end of every day, I then rank myself as well. So one out of 10 can't use a seven because a seven's a cop-out number. I then rank myself. How did I actually show up? Because for me, I'm keeping myself accountable and what I call self-parenting. I think most, I think a lot of people that are struggling are struggling 
because they're not self-parenting themselves. And that is one of the biggest issues because that's when you start to self-deceive yourself. That is when you start losing contact with reality. And that's when you're going to start going through a slippery slope that is harder to get out of. And if you're digging yourself a hole, stop digging firstly, and then start working to get out of that hole. I just want to make a stop in there with the suicidal thoughts, the dark moments. Where did they come from? I don't know. They've been in my life for a long time. Uh, now and then they'll come up. And this last period was super fucking dark. It, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was scary. And it was so interesting because in my head, it made sense to leave this world, to leave this life and not be there. I was literally thinking inside my head, no one will care. My, my family won't really matter if I go. What's the point of me being here? Why? Like, and what was so interesting was I could then detach and kind of have this sub subject-object relationship from like the witnessing self to then like the thoughts going through and be like, shit, that's really dark. Like, how is that actually making logical sense in your head? And I heard someone actually say this. It was Tim Ferriss actually talking about his experiences with this. And it was the analogy of why someone would throw themselves out of a burning building because throwing yourself out of the burning building is less painful than being in the burning building. And that really fucking resonated with me. I was going for a walk uh, one morning and I heard that analogy and I just, I was just crying. I was just walking, just blubbering mess because it made so much sense. And I was like, oh my God, like that really nailed the feelings that were going through me and the thoughts that were coming through me as well. Um, was doing, I still do therapy. And so I had some therapy sessions and was like, hey, this is what's come up for me. And we were able to unpack that and work through that. And I feel good now. Um, but it's very much, I want to keep an eye on it and have the awareness and investigation to ensure that I am being my best self. We are not letting you go, Chris. <laughs> Listen up. You are important to this reality, to this world, to this earth. We need you. You're making a big difference. You're inspiring. You're inspiring to someone like me as well that is looking to have a massive impact and meeting someone like you and showing me like it is possible. We need you here. You. You're a living example of a great human being and an extraordinary individual in all areas of life so you're not going anywhere <laughs> under my watch grace i am not letting that happen Thank you, anything i can do to support you or to help or i'm here just letting you know i'm sure you you have loving people around you but we got to protect you at all costs <laughs> i'm pretty sure everyone right now agrees agrees with that Tell me, what's the, the main things or the most basic things that a business should have in order, in order to be successful? Like if you have to grab a video production business, let's say, yeah. and I'm using that example because a lot of uh, people listening to this are creatives. Yeah. So 
if you had to grab a video production business and turn it into a cash machine, a successful business, what's, how would you do it? So I'm just going to use you as an example, right? Mm -hmm. So we can riff off this. Uh, we sit down and we go, great, I'm here to help you grow the business to the success that you want. Mm -hmm. uh, I go through one initial process, which is you have to get extremely clear on who's the one customer that you're really serving. Mm -hmm. Like you know them inside and out, you know their pains, you know their fears, you know their frustrations, you know their absolute desires. Then you want to know what is the one pain that you're solving for, for them. What's that one real pain point that you can say, I am going to solve X. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yes. Thirdly, you want to be able to have one means in which you're going to get people that don't know you to know you, right? So how are you going to drive traffic? Mm -hmm. You want to have one sales mechanism, okay? So what's the one way that actually someone turns from a prospect to a client? Mm -hmm. And you want to be able to have one clear solution, one system for you to be able to actually deliver on that promise as well. So I call this the five ones. Okay, so I want to get really clear on those five ones from the get-go. Typically, depending on the size of the business, if someone's gotten past between, let's say, the one to five million a year mark, they're pretty clear on those five ones and doing pretty well on those. But then we need to like dial some of those in so they're like they're a replicatable, duplicatable, predictable system at the end of the day, so that we can drive traffic, nurture leads and prospects, put them into a sales process, and then be able to convert them at a high amount to then be able to then deliver to them and then turn them into an evangelist and so on and so forth, right? And then it's like we need to look at some key metrics, like what's actually going on in the business right now, and some key data that I need to see and be able to improve prove on and be able to like literally track on a week to week basis would be things like what's your cost per acquisition so how much does it cost you to be able to acquire a client it would be what's an average lifetime value as well so how much does a client worth to your business over the lifetime of them being with you uh there's things like a payback period so it's like how quickly are you collecting cash for you to be able to get back from the client now when i the reason, well, one reason why I know and I'm so confident in being able to scale like a coaching or service business mm -hmm. is because let's say, for example, I'm just making numbers up right now, but let's just say uh, you have a $20,000 offer, right? Mm -hmm. So it's $20,000 and let's just call it it's a 12-month thing, mm -hmm. okay? Now, if you could be like, hey, you're just going to split this $20,000, over 12 months and someone pays a monthly amount to go through, okay? Let's say, for example, it costs you $3,000 to acquire a client from your marketing expenses, your ads, all of the stuff. It costs the business $3,000 to be able to acquire just one client, okay? So if you're, let's say, charging, let's call it $1,500 a month, just for argument's sake, right? It would then take two months of you having that client just mm -hmm. to break even mm -hmm. three months until you're actually 
pulling profit from that client, mm -hmm. okay? Which means now you finally, after three months, have money to then put back into the marketing machine to be able to then go acquire the next client. Mm -hmm. Now, it's this basic math and this understanding of the systems I find most entrepreneurs and business owners aren't really connecting, which is why they grow slowly. Mm -hmm. Because what can happen is, let's say, it's a $20,000 program. What if we were to collect $10,000 at the very start and then they paid the rest of the $10,000 over the 12 months? It's like, hey, it's $750, uh, $750 a month, but it's a 10K upfront fee, right? So now what we can do is now I can take the expenses, the $3,000 acquisition of that client. I go, great, I've got the money back from my acquisition. Now I know, let's say the COGS, the cost of delivery of what it is that costs the business to deliver on it. But now I know I've got margin. I've got cash in hand where I can turn around and I can acquire the next client. Or if anything, really from that, I can acquire the next two clients. So now rather than this slow gradual process of being able to like grow the business, now I can turn into this exponential curve because I've created a machine to be able to get clients. And most people just don't understand how that math and those systems really connect to be able to do something like that as well. So start with the five ones, then understanding the key metrics from that, then we can start to build out what I call the four models, which is going to be what's your economic model. So how is it that you actually create receive money inside of your business. So like, how, what are you charging? And like, what are the actual numbers behind us? So what's the economics of the business? Secondly, it's the acquisition model. So how are you actually getting your leads? How are you nurturing your leads? How are you selling your leads into this? So how do you get someone that doesn't know you to know you and actually is a client? Mm -hmm. Then it's the delivery model. So what, what actually happens once someone gives you the first dollar, they say, yes, I'm on board Nelson. Here's my credit card. What's the actual delivery model? How do you make sure you give them a world-class experience? Mm -hmm. How do you get them results? Mm -hmm. How do you make sure that you're increasing their lifetime value? So you're keeping them for longer, solving further problems, like building on top of that. And then lastly, it's the operations model, which is, okay, how does the business actually operate? Do we have other team members? What are the systems? What's the communication cadence going to look like? How are you choosing what projects to work on? How does everyone know what it is that they're doing? Are they doing it right? Are they doing it at the right time? And does everyone know that they're winning at their role and best performing as well and kind of unpacking the whole operation? So just from those segments there, now we can actually sit down and really easily go, oh, you know what? I can see the constraint because I'm a very big believer where it's a case of let's find the one constraint that this mm -hmm. business has, mm -hmm. let's solve it and move on to the next one. And it's just that process. But what we can do is once we have everything really humming, we can start solving problems really, really quickly and then we can grow faster. Fuck, that's gold right there. <laughs> Speeding fire, mate. That's awesome. How is your... How does, what does your day looks like? I keep saying that this is a, a, a mistake that I keep doing. I keep asking people, how does your day look like? I was like, my, my partner keeps telling me, what does it look like? I tell you, yeah. <laughs> I get it, bro. It's all good. What, me, do, what does my day look like? Quickly. You go. Uh, yeah, good. I was just checking. It's a monitor die. Um, okay. What does my day look like? Yes. And if you can uh, include your like routines, anything you do consistently yep. to stay at this level, please will be awesome. At the moment right now, and I 
I preface it with that because it does change. But at the moment, I wake up at 5 a.m. I oh, team 5 a.m. Of course, <laughs> of course. 5 yes. a.m. Wake up. I then drink water with lemon juice, apple cider vinegar, and electrolytes. Mm. I meditate for 20 minutes. I then journal. And then I usually do some sort of like go for a walk or jump on an exercise bike or something like that. I'll do some sort of movement for like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I spend time with my daughters, have breakfast time with them. So I like get breakfast ready for them, get them ready for mm -hmm. school, that kind of stuff and have time with them there. Then I jump into the office and I work typically until about 11, 30, 12 o'clock, go to the gym. I use the gym as kind of like changing from entrepreneur Chris to like not entrepreneur, like to oh, dad so you Chris. you go in the middle of the day. Yeah, I train in the middle of the yeah, day. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, come back from the gym and then I'll usually have a meditation or I'll sit in the sun and read. Like I just mm -hmm. want to do something that's like chilling out, going back into parasympathetic. Mm -hmm. uh, then it'll be time with my family, mm -hmm. which you'll just be like, we, do we go for a walk? Do we go to the beach? Do fun stuff for the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Then it's dinner time bathe the girls, put them to bed, mm -hmm. have some time with my wife, go to sleep. That's well, the routine. Wow. It sounds, it sounds, it's not sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, at what time do you go to bed? Oh, honestly, 8, 8.30. Yeah, same. Same. That's what I'm asking. If it's past yeah. 8.30, I'm practically falling asleep on myself. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> Where we met, the day, the day we met, that was this event that yeah. ran until like 9 p.m. or something. Fuck, yeah, so I, was I, was like, like, I was like, once yeah. it wraps, like, I'm out yeah. of here. Like, you were I'm running. Yeah. Were, I was like, fuck, wait, wait a second. Can we, can we schedule the podcast? But, but yeah, I could tell you were running as well. I'm like, fuck, it's, it's so tired. Mm. What are three habits that you have kept for a very long time that have played a massive difference in you being able to achieve this level that you are right now in all areas of life? Three, okay. Meditation has been one that I've done. It has been very rare if I've ever missed a day, especially for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Movement has been the, the second one. Mm -hmm. If I don't train, go to the gym, go for a long walk, something along the lines, I'm just not my best self. Mm -hmm. The third one would be learning actually having the time and sitting down and investing what's needed to be able to learn whatever it is that I need to be able to learn and I very much do more of a just in time learning rather than a just in case learning so just in case learning is like just I'm reading I'm listening I'm consuming things just in case I need to be able to know that I want to be very specific about what am I actually trying to solve at this point in my life and therefore I'm only consuming things around that with about I'd say 10% other stuff. Do you know what I mean? So like 90% of like my consumption is specific to what it is I'm trying to actually move forward ahead with my life right then. And then I can make sure that I'm doing what's needed to be able to progress in that area. Yeah, right. I, I like what you just explained in the, in the, the different types of reading. What, do you read normally 
like it can be at any time of the day when you can fit it. I know you mentioned kind of like after. Yeah, usually the it's like mi- yeah, middle of the day, and then at night time is when I would be reading. But then if I'm training, I'll be listening to an audio book or a podcast or something mm-hmm. like that. That's to be specific about it. Yeah. Sometimes I have to really limit it because I do find I can find it too easy to consume too much. Mm-hmm. So I think about my ratio of consumption to creation. Yeah. So I'm like, if I think I'm consuming too much compared mm-hmm. to my actual output, I don't like that because I, I need the whole purpose is for me to be able to have great output. Mm-hmm. So I think it's easy, and I found it very much easy for myself to kind of procrastinate by mm-hmm. consuming too much. Yes. And so that's for for me. I want to be very specific about why am I doing what I'm doing right now. Yes. And going from consumer to creator. Yes. Yeah. Content. Why are you not playing at the big leagues? I feel like this, you're a diamond that we just found him. Somehow the world still doesn't know about him. It's an interesting, it's a very good question. It really is, Nelson. I think for a big part of it, I wanted to have, I wanted to have the experience and the expertise and the achievements under my belt that I thought I needed to have and mm. was necessary mm. for me to then go out and to be able to, to, to mean, help others through it. I don't want to be creating content just because I need to create content to get followers, keep the followers happy, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Work with the algorithms or anything like that. I don't want to play that game because mm-hmm. that's just another losing game that I see getting played and mm-hmm. that a lot of people are falling mm-hmm. into as well. Also as well, because there are so many influencers and businesses that have very large followings that I know that don't make a lot of money. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. why are you doing what it is that you're doing? Because when they say, oh, I'm, I'm here, like I want to do it to mm-hmm. make money, live a great life. But the problem is they've created this this problem, mm. this model that doesn't actually best fit with them as well. Yeah. So I think for me, it was actually, I was, I was living in Bali for nine years. I was on this little island kind of like tucked away in my home office, yeah. building, 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 like doing these things. And now that I feel like I'm actually able to come out now and be like, okay, I've done the things that I said that I wanted to be able to do to myself. I'm still very much learning and progressing and like wanting to be able to evolve. But now I actually feel like, Finally, I'm in a case where now I'm here and I can actually share something I I believe is worthy to share. Yeah, okay. Money avenues that you have right now, because someone will be listening to this and they'll be like, wait, where's the work? Like your, your, your life sounds awesome, you know, and you get all this time to work on yourself and become the best version of yourself and be with your family and all these things. Where is the work? How are you making money currently? Right now... My model is, and so it's a great question because if someone was to go through the Christopher Dufay podcast, going into my YouTube, into the Instagram, there is nothing to buy. There is nothing, which was really interesting. So after I sold my company, I then had a new, a good idea of what I wanted to do after because I was stewing on it for a little while, but I really wanted to hone in. I was like, what's my model? What is it that I want to be doing? How do I best do it? Why am I doing it? Like I really wanted to consciously do it as best as possible. Mm-hmm. Then when I started, it took me 63 days to go from zero to a million dollar run rate. And I was able to do it with no offers, no ads, no website, no 
DMs, no call to actions, like nothing like that. And so wow. it, that was amazing because I proved to myself, because again, I wanted to put enabling constraints on it. I was like, all right, I want to do this my way. And I want to see how fast I can actually do this once I, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a crack. So it only took 63 days to be able to get to that million run rate. And my model now is everything public facing. So when you go to the podcast, when you go to the YouTube, all that stuff, I'm just wanting to give as much as possible. I'm wanting to give back because I feel like I've been able to receive so much. I'm so grateful for that. But behind the scenes, I partner with other businesses, with other companies to be able to take a minority equity in and to be able to then grow their businesses. So I'm now behind the scenes of other businesses being able to grow their stuff rather than, hey, this is my company and this is the thing that I'm doing. There's a couple of things stewing at the moment right now where I think I'm going to create just to like test and to be able to put out into the world. I've been asked by a lot of men, for example, saying Mm -hmm. a lot of what you've said today, Nelson, which is like, you have it all. How have you done this? Like, tell me, how have you done this? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I think I've actually really got to share this out in a very practical, hey, here is what it is to be able to do, something that's very useful as well. So I think I'm going to come out with a course soon that I'm going to call The Million Dollar Made Man, which is all about how do you really craft yourself as the man that you really want to be able to be earning a million dollars more a year? Because I believe I've done that multiple times now and I've got a track record and I've helped many others be able to go through that. So finally, I had to kind of feel the worthiness in myself to be like, okay, I can do this now. Like I can really share this. So that's coming together for me. But the main part is the investments through property and then being able to have behind the scenes, the work with my partners Mm -hmm. where I get paid fantastic money from my partners. They Mm -hmm. happily pay me Mm -hmm. and I'm behind the scenes growing their businesses. How, how, what does that look like in like in real life? If if someone is partnering with you, is it like them almost going like, "Hey, Chris, we have this issue. This is happening," or "Hey, this is it. what what's your input? What would you do here?" Like how how is that playing out? Someone will come to me and say, "We're struggling." Like there's a you, typically it's really only helping businesses that are doing a million dollars plus. Mm-hmm. So they've. I'm not helping people from the very bottom kind of like getting started. So for me, they'll come to me like, hey, we're stuck, we're plateaued. I hear all the time, people will say something along the lines of, we're doing everything right, but it's not working. And it's like, okay, I come in this troubleshooter. A lot of my partners have called me like their CGO, their chief growth officer. So I come in and I just take care of like the growth of the business and the growth of the profits at the end of the day. And so we'll sit down, we'll have a discussion. I want to see, is it a good, is is the business Mm -hmm. a good fit? Is the founder a good fit? Like, are we going to be able to work? Because I only want to work with people that I know that we can work together with for a long time as well. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's not about having heaps and heaps and heaps of businesses. It's about having a couple of small handfuls that I know that I really love to. So I want to believe in their mission. I want to believe in what they're doing and they can really deliver as well. And then it goes into a negotiation and a discussion about, okay, like, what's the actual financials of this going to look like? Like, how does this really work? Uh, in typical basis it's like let's say your business is doing this as a baseline like this is what your business has been doing let's say in the last three months Mm -hmm. and then I take a performance from there so I get paid a retainer plus a performance of the profit share from what it is that's the growth of the business so it's a massive win Mm -hmm. for the business owner because I'm just there being able to grow 
their business and it's only they're really paying me out of the growth of the business. So effectively, I want to come in and say, hey, I'm free. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to actually grow your business and make your life so much easier. Yeah, I see. What's the worst advice you have ever received? Mm. Worst advice I've ever received. I was thinking about this the other day. So I'm going to throw this out right now. And there is a really good chance if you ask me in a week or longer, I might completely retract this. The worst advice you could ever receive and there's nuance behind it is be yourself. Because if you're stuck in life and you're not getting what it is that you want in life right now and you continue to do the exact same thing, why would you expect any different, right? So there is the nuance to unpack here because if you just take it on face value, people can I mean, get their panties in a knot. But the nuance to unpack here is like, okay, how can you evolve? Because there is this essence, there's gestalt inside of what is truest to yourself that is like where you want to be and be able to like lead a north star to but when it comes to like being yourself it's like well hang on where do you need to grow and evolve what are again the skills the traits the personality the identity the behaviors the habits the things that are actually going on how do you need to be able to change mold and adapt from what's going on for you to be do and have what it is that you wanted at the end of the day the reason i'm smiling is because this is one of the actual advices that i think are so trashed be yourself because i at one point, I was just thinking, you know, I was listening to a lot of people just saying, oh, just be yourself, just be yourself. And what does that mean? Because what if being yourself sucks? So you just be yourself if, if you suck? If it generally you suck? You have terrible relationships. You, you have zero financial education. You're not trustworthy. You don't know how to run a successful business. You, you're completely unathletic. You're overweight. Should you be yourself? So, you know, it's one of those things that like, to me... For me, yeah. I go back to like the philosophical side of this and it's etched in stone at the Oracle at Delphi, know thyself. But like, what really is knowing thyself? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and I, I, I believe, and especially like studying into it, it's like, it's really much deeper than what I think most people give face value to it. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's a case of like, yeah, there's this there's this essence to yourself as well. And you don't want to lose that, but there is also this malleableness to us. Like I woke up this morning and effectively I chose to play this role of Christopher Dufay, right? Like I just kind of like, there was this, there's this role, there was this mask that I decided to kind of play again. And I think it's the ability to see, oh, hang on, I, I can change. I, I can actually change a lot. And this is the case. Like when I look at my life over the last 10 years, for example, Nelson, I look at photos of myself 10 years ago. I can't even relate to that person. I'm like, who, Same. who is that dude? Same. Who, like, what? Yes. And thinking back of living around the world and being able to have four daughters come into and like having these amazing experiences with my wife, the ups and downs and all arounds. And it's just, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And that's where it's a case of being able to have that path of constantly one day by day, just like, just take control of today. 
take control of yourself today, win today, and then just do it again tomorrow. And I think that's the case of like, yeah, if you just being too much yourself and being a bit lackadaisical about, mm, I don't love that. Do you think, I'm curious to hear your perspective on it. Do you think that the secret to life is to know thyself? I think it's a part of it. Yeah. I think there definitely is a part of needing to know what is going on at our deepest level and what is this at the end of the day? What What is thyself? What's actually there? If you were to take your memories and your future projections and what it is that you want, if you were to peel all those things away, what's still there? Do you know I mean like... Who, who is Nelson at the end of the day? Who is Chris at the end of the day? Like I'm, I'm hearing myself talk right now and I'm being able to witness it. So that, that's not really me. There is, there is a deeper understanding. And for me, it really came to, especially um, like non-dual meditation and being able to be like, oh, well, hang on. Like I'm not is in control as I thought I might be in control because I can see this witnessing, this subject-object relationship between what's going on right now. And so for me, that's been very fascinating to really dive deep into that because who who is Chris? Do you know what I mean? Because it's not, it's not this body, do you know what I mean? And was it the same person that walked in the door just before? Was it, am I going to be the same person an hour after this conversation? If you were to see me next week, am I the same person? That's like, for me, when I, when I see someone, like, okay, I saw you last time, a couple of weeks ago, right? But I don't want to come to this conversation today treating you as the person that you were a couple of weeks ago. I want to see you for who you are right now. And that takes a certain sense of curiosity and openness for me to be able to do that. And I want to be able to do that for myself as well. Like, well, who am I today? What's coming up? And there is this malleableness that I feel like is very freeing as well when that concept has really arisen. Do you think that you're in full control of your reality, that you can really create your reality or manipulate it? No, I don't. I think there is there is a dance between a paradox that I use the words on one side, there's a fatalistic side of life where it is, it's pre-written by Allah. God has determined absolutely everything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's going to happen no matter what. And the other side, which is kind of the free will. Okay. I'm in control. I can be, do and have anything that I possibly want if I just work as hard as I can. And so let's say, on a, on a more of a Hindu side of a belief system, there is, let's say, well, this is who I am. This is the life and role that I've been given right now. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, there's the very Western culture of today of you can be and do anything that you want, but can you? Like there are limitations that are out there. So I think there is a dance. There's a, there is a golden mean, uh, as Aristotle would put it, between these two as well. So I think there is a lot to case where I'm so grateful for this role and this experience that I have been given in this life. And so much as well is to fate. Do you know what I mean? It's to lady luck. It's to, it's to the goddess of fortune that has been able to have certain things happen. I could have been killed by a bus hitting me earlier today. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, so there's so many things that are outside of my control. However, I want to firmly be able to hold the things I can control mm-hmm. and then my thoughts and my actions. So I want to be able to take responsibility for the things that I can control and do the best that I can. And then being able to have a letting go of everything else outside of that as well. That's beautiful. And uh, it resonates a lot with the way I'm perceiving life so far. What's the best advice you've ever received? It'd be funny if I said, be yourself, wouldn't it, if I said that? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just be yourself. (laughs) Best advice. I'll answer it this way. I don't think there is best advice. So people should stop looking for it. I think we live too much in a world of give me the actions, give me the steps, give me the answers. And people are essentially giving the responsibility to others for them being able to live the lives and be the people that they want to be able to. There is an element of I need to figure the shit out for myself. I need to take responsibility for myself and lead myself. And I need to stop playing the victim by essentially giving away power to others as well. And so I feel like when a lot of the case, when someone's like, oh, like, give me some really good advice or like they're looking for like a golden nugget, they're looking for the key. Maybe there is no key. Maybe you've just got to chill out for a little bit and you've got to set back and you've got to be like, no, 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 I'm just going to let things play out or I'm just going to be able to do my best and see where it comes to and I just need to do that on a day-by-day basis. Well, Chris, that killed my next question. (laughs) So I'm going to push you in here a little bit because I believe you will have great advice for people out there that might be desperate to get to hear something get them something. So if you had to give advice to your younger version of yourself or creative entrepreneurs out there, three advice, pieces of advice that will help them achieve success, whatever that that looks like for them in every area of life, like three things that you really would have loved to know when you were in your 20s or even your 30s. I'm 30. So would love to know because I'm pretty sure life has changed a lot for you in the in six years. So compared to my yeah. age. I think the first thing I would want to say to my younger self would be enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ups and the downs. Enjoy every experience. And it's it's happening for you. And being able to really embrace that in every single moment. The second would be to do what is needed to truly define what success and what life for oneself wants to really be. And not to be too much exposed to mimesis and kind of have a oh my God, this is what's happening in the environment around me. This is what the people are saying that I'm hanging around with so much and just like being affected from that outside environment. And then it would very much be the case of engineer yourself so that, I I love this, when uh, the Buddha said, when awareness and compassion are arisen, enlightenment is unavoidable. For someone to 
make a bold statement like enlightenment is unavoidable by following this path, by having these two things, for example, it's a bold fucking statement. Take some cojones to say something like that, right? Like you've got to be pretty confident behind what you say. So what I think of is, well, let's use it in a business context. When I come into a business, I want to essentially be able to say that success is going to be unavoidable because of what we have set up. So I then parlay that into my life and I go, I want to make it unavoidable that I will be, do and have what it is that I want by what I set up. Now, obviously, just like what we spoke about before, there is the goddess of fortune at play as well. So it's not going to, the cookie will crumble in a different way than you probably will want to at the end of the day. However, I want to be able to set the systems and the habits and the environment up so that it best gives me the chance of happening the way that I want it to as well. And so for me, I'm very cognizant about the people that I'm around, about what it is that I'm consuming, whether it's like any social media or books or articles or podcasts or anything like that as well. Where am I living? Do you know what I mean? This has been a huge thing that my wife and I have been speaking about for a very long time. Like, are we in the environment that we want to be able to be in. Like we could spin a globe, throw a dart and go anywhere, do you know what I mean, this afternoon, but where is the actual best? Where is best for me? Where is best for my wife, Lauren? Where is it best for our four daughters? And obviously then as a family dynamic, that as well. So I think if it's a case of how can you best do what it is needed to set yourself up for success to be unavoidable? I love that. We, um, I want to be respectful of your time because I know you, you were very limited and we're already over time. But there's one thing that came to mind that I would be very curious to know. You know how we all deal with different things. So, like we all have different, I guess, bad habits or, or stuff that we're constantly like desires or things that we're fighting against. against. Like some people will be sweets, overeating porn, sex, or, you know, things that if you overdo, they're probably not great for you. What has been the one thing that you've been dealing with throughout your life that keeps showing up and you always have to kind of like fight against it a bit or? It's funny, two things came up for me. Earlier in my life, it was food. I had an eating disorder. I was, and then when I, I was then competing as a physique athlete and I competed in London, Denmark and Australia. And then in my last competition, I find myself slipping into bulimia as well. And I was like, motherfucker, these things come up again, but in a different, it's manifested in a different way. So for me, it was very interesting because I would use food to comfort mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Today... It is too easy for me to default into working to get the good feels where I likely should not be because I can have a feedback system where I'm told I'm really good or it makes money. Or did you mean like it it does the things or it's like it gives you the good feelings. It gives you the dopamine here. Oh, this is really good. Yeah. And so for me, it's been a case of, no, 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 actually, I don't want to default into working and I need to be able to find where else I want to put my time, energy and attention to. Yeah. 
Awesome, brother. Um, I just want to acknowledge you now because it's, I think we often forget to kind of give props to people like you that are crushing it and that are setting a great example for people like me and everyone in the world. Dude, you're such a big inspiration. Please don't stop. Get to the highest level. Play with the big the big guys because you should be there. There's zero reason why you shouldn't be there just for the sake of reaching more people because mm. I'm pretty sure you could have a massive impact in the world at, at the highest level to whatever you're doing it at the moment. Can I share something with you? Yeah. So, a little bit of unpacking. It's been very interesting that it comes up because on one side, I've been wanting to be very content mm-hmm. and satisfied mm-hmm. with where I am at and what I've been able to achieve and all of this stuff as well. But it also has been interesting, and thank you for saying these mm-hmm. beautiful and kind words, because I do feel like it does want to light a bit of a fire up my ass, mm-hmm. where it's a case of, hang on, do I have an ethical duty now to actually put my all behind this yes. to then really help others. Yes. That's what's been coming up for me really mm-hmm. recently. And so that's what kind of like it came back up my spine. Just as you said that I was like, Oh, it's a duty mm-hmm. for me to do that. So thank you mm-hmm. for the kick up the ass. And it is a message I need to hear. So again, everyone that is like, listening and tuning in with us, I'd love to hear from them Mm -hmm. um, about what it is that they would like more from me and how I can best help because I find myself in this really beautiful position now where I'm like, no, I can really help and give back. Mm -hmm. How do I best do that? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is the mission that I'm really turning my attention to now. Brother, there's so many people out there that they just need someone like you to tell them that it's possible and actually have done it there, for themselves. There, I, there is a there is a humility in me that 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 cringes when people say stuff like that. No, but I well, understand well, and I really appreciate it, and that that's my problem that I need to blow. Away. Yes, this is me telling you straight facts. This is straight facts. There's too many losers out there that they need inspiration from someone like you, and that's why I'm actually, you know, doing it because I I can see how much impact you can have, and it could be so much bigger. It's almost it's almost like your duty now. You know, you beat it for yourself now. Yes, you could play small, you could stay where you are, but brother, <laughs> you know, it's in the end, it's not about us, right? It's about what can you leave behind, not just for even your family, it's like for the world, you know, because mm. in the end, we're all in ash, you know? So, so, bro, please keep doing it, keep showing up, keep, keep telling the world who you are, because it really can make a difference having someone like you. Imagine if, if you're already impacting someone like me and, and reminding me like, yes, there's people out there that have done it, man. Of course it can be done. You know, he did it in every area of life and he takes himself seriously. You know, he's playing at, at, a, at he's taking himself to the high standard on every area. He hasn't compromised, like you said. It can be done. Now, okay, now that you reinforce the belief in myself, I will go and tell people, yes, it can be done. You need an example? Look at Chris. Look at me when I get there. You know, we have to set the example. I told you, like, man, you're such a good role model in today's day and age, so please don't stop. Thank you.
Brother, where can people find you if they want to know more about you, learn about what you do? Just, yeah, just learn how to become a million dollar man. Thank you. I appreciate the kind words as well, Nelson. I appreciate being here today. Uh, best place to go is just the Christopher Dufay podcast. That's where I share everything that's now coming through me and me having the time and attention to be able to do all of this stuff as well. Mm -hmm. And the YouTube would be the next one because that's where I get to just like jump in front, have, I get to three, four times a year. I really only like doing interviews in person, which is why I was like, oh, I can't like, let's do this. Yes. It's only done yes. in person. So for me, three, four times a year, I travel around the world mm -hmm. to have great conversations with other great people. Mm -hmm. And also it's really just me documenting what I'm mm -hmm. going through as well. So yeah. all of that goes there. We're gonna have to do a round two and look back at this and see how far you have come. Yes, I'm excited for that. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the podcast, if you really wanna help us get this to more humans, to help them level up in all areas of life and to continue to have legends like Chris on the podcast is to leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, share it with people, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on all social media platforms at The Creative Grid. I'm at Nell for Life, and I'll see you on the next episode. Good vibes for everyone. You. How was that, my man? Good How was that? Oh, fucking amazing. That was great. <laughs> good fucking fun. Did you enjoy it? It was great. Yeah. It was a really good conversation.